Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. on dressing today is we're going to talk about being spiritually dressed. Grant and I are going to share together in our message series called This is Colossians. And so the, if, if just a little review if you weren't with us the last couple of weeks. The first couple chapters, Paul, the first century leader, wrote to a young group of Christians that were confused about their identity. The identity about not just themselves, but really their identity of who Jesus really is. And so you read through both the first and second chapter, how rich the text is about, if you really want to know who Jesus is, Paul tells you right there. And I think it's important for us, and with, when it comes to, we've been talking about this, our identity in Jesus is related to who we are. Who you think you are is related to who actually you think Jesus is. And we've been sharing about this, it has huge implications. When we believe who Christ is, and then we believe out of that who we are, we can rise up to to be what God has called us to be and do what God has called us to do. It's all interconnected, and it's all based on our identity in Christ. Now, there's a transition point that takes place in chapter 3, where Paul goes from like a theological discussion about who Christ is, who we are, to now he lays out, Because of your new identity, this is how you're to live that way. And specifically in chapter 3, there's a portion he talks about how we are to dress. You've heard the phrase, clothes make the man or the woman. This is true spiritually that we're going to look at. Dressing spiritually is based, and it is to be based, on our new identity in Christ. And so here's this transition moment in chapter 3, verse 1. It says this. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. The word sense is so significant, because Paul's talking about this. What, is he, what was sense? Well, everything that he shared, everything he shared about who Jesus is, now he reminds them of what he really did. He says that Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. Right hand, seated at the right hand of God. And that seated communicates rest. You know, if you have a strong work ethic, you don't sit down until the job's done, right? There's work that has to be accomplished. And that's what Jesus did. He finished the work. And then it says he sat at the right hand of the throne of God, signifying power and authority and control. Now, what did Christ complete? What was the work he completed? Well, the work he completed is in us, the work in us, being raised. Raised from what? Raised from the dead. Before Jesus, we were all dead in our sins. Before Jesus, when Jesus came, he died for our sins, but not only provided forgiveness, he offered new life, this resurrected life that we can live. And this resurrected life is not just the life, and it's a stagnant life that we go from death to life, but it's an ongoing, renewing life that he offers. And we are to step into that new life with our new identity. Have you ever, you probably watched a lot of movies that have this, but they talk about like someone, you know, 
was a witness to a crime or whatever, and then they're protecting that person's identity. So they put them in the witness protection program. And so they move them to a different state and they give them a new identity, a new life. That's really what Christ has done with us is that we have this new life, this new identity that he has, that we're not just saved, but now we're shaped to be new people. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, anyone who is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Not a remodeled version of us, not an upgraded version of us, but we're actually brand new in Christ. We've been born again, as Jesus pointed out in John 3. And specifically, because of the fact that we're new people, we need to dress in our new us, our new you. Specifically, to dress in our new identity is this, is that we will actually live out based on how we are, how we conduct ourselves, and we live out this new identity. And so you could say it this way, is, is it, for the challenge is to dress like who you are, not what you were. To dress like who you are, not what you were. Now, it's, I think it is a bit weird. I don't know. Maybe 48-year-olds dress this way. Maybe hipper ones do than that. But I'm not really dressing my age. I, I, I'm dress, dressing like an 18-year-old. And when I was 18, I didn't wear this. Maybe the, maybe the Hawaiian shirt I did. But I had probably, you know, back then, it might have been parachute pants and pastels and members-only jackets, okay? Unless those things are coming back, which things get retro, okay? I'm out of style. That's how I used to be, how I dress a certain way. And it's the same spiritually for us. We're not to be like what we were. We're not to act and dress the way we were before spiritually. We have a new identity and we have new clothes that we're going to talk about here in a moment. So Paul gets very practical with us on this. He gets very practical to show us that how to do this. And he does it in three ways that we're going to hit on. Both Grant and I are going to do this. We're going to talk about what we are to think about, to take off and put on. Very simple today. What we're going to think about, to take off and put on. So we're no longer look like what we were, but really in our new identity of Christ is what, not just present, but what God wants us to be. And so we're going to talk about dressing our new identity. So the first one I'm going to hit on is the, for dressing in your new identity is set your sights on a heaven's perspective. So I'm just going to hop back into the verse real quick is set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So shaping my identity around heaven's perspective really hits home in how I got to be transformed. God really transformed my life to be all about him. Uh, most of my life, probably freshman year and before, I lived out of my insecurity. I lived of never fitting in with school, never fitting, being good enough for sports, or being good enough, uh, always striving to be better at my friendships with people, um, always trying to press, be that cool kid at school. But what that was allowing is I would not live, a, I would live an unfulfilled life. Um, and I just couldn't figure out how to get out of it. I couldn't figure out what, what, why am I never fulfilled? And so God really, this is where he met me, was I went to a camp in California. Actually, we went on a family trip. Yeah. And really, God's like, 
uh, go, use this opportunity. And so the, we were supposed to just hang out with the family, and, but they're like, hey, let's go to this camp. And I had no clue. I knew the, what the church was, had a reputation um, for music. And I was like, well, I don't really know. I, I, I guess I'll go. No expectations of what God's going to do while I'm there. I stepped into this place, and I don't know, it was, it was different than I've ever experienced before. It's imagine just stepping in a place, and you just get hit with this presence. And I was like, huh. And I just felt this presence of holy and, like, just being. And I just felt like God, and it, 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 I felt God's Holy Spirit through me. And I... Each day we got an opportunity to be, just be with Jesus and just to be in his presence. And on, I remember on the second day specifically, I remember God really saying, put your identity in me. And from that point, I, I, I felt like everything came into conclusion of what all my insecurities, all my uh, things I've been wanting, God offered to me. He called me to his purpose. And from that point, from me putting my identity in him, I was able to step forward into having a heavenly perspective. I was able to follow his call so that he can use me for his kingdom. So I have to ask, are we shaping our identity around heaven? I'm not saying it was easy after that point. Don't get me wrong. Most people I feel like have this illusion of it's going to be easy once I fully give my life to God. Actually, it's, it became pretty hard. But what I did was I allowed myself to have a community around me to continue to shape my life into living an eternal life, to think heaven. That the constant struggle is for me was to release insecurity to Jesus, to strip down pride, to continually be pouring into relationship with people that these things allowed me to have this intimate relationship with this all-knowing and all-loving creator. Um, I kind of use this illustration of this hike. So for me, I love hiking. I love chucking it drive and to see, um, just, uh, for instance, uh, Oyster Dome, or I like this, it's called South Lost Lake Trail. I would recommend those hikes. They're amazing. But the first time I was like, all right, I want to do this hike. I got to do this hike. And I started, and I don't know if you guys hiked there, but it is a grueling hike when you, with no expectation. So I just look straight up. I'm like, oh, I, I did a little prayer. And I, I was walking, and I was climbing with a few buddies. And at points, I'm like getting tired. I was like, this hike better be worth it. The top, the view must be worth it. Why would so many people be hiking this? And so, and I think in my life, and also in our lives is that could be the season we're living in, that we can be living in a season where there's disappointment. There's things that, uh, like a job opportunity that you don't get, or uh, there's struggle, someone dying, or there's um, seasons where you're just busy. I know for my life, it, there was a season where all I did was I did so, went to school, got it done, went to work, got it done, somehow fit homework in there, and then watch Netflix and sleep day after day after day this year. That was my routine. That was it. But when I was living in that routine, I lost the eternal focus. I lost that hope that I wanted to, that God, Jesus called me to originally. And so for me, I think, I think we have to, in life, sometimes we have to put the effort in the climb to get God's perspective. 
So I'm going to say that again. In life, sometimes we have to put the effort in the climb to get God's perspective. So I had to get out of that. And so for hiking, I had to endure it. I remember the first time hiking Oyster Dome, it was, there was snow at the top. We were, I don't know why we hiked in December, but we did. And I brought tennis shoes. Actually, I don't know if it was those, but I brought tennis shoes, and we were hiking. And I was slipping. I was falling. But I continued to top. And once I got to the top, I realized it was all worth it. I realized that the vastness of God's beauty was so magnificent. And the cool thing is we are saved through God's grace, but the struggle is still going to be there. I'm not going to lie about it. The struggle is still there. But we, there's still work to be done here. There's still work that God can use us. And the best part is, we are not alone in that. Because of what God already did on the cross, we are allowed to partner with him to do what he has called and to build his kingdom. Um, so just take that with you. Just think to in life that we have to put in the effort to climb and to do endure this season so that and to always to think, hey, I want to get to that heavenly perspective. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, to get, to get to the new perspective, there's some things you got to do. If you've ever gone climbing before, you know, there's, if you carry too much, you know, you, you, you want to carry enough of the essentials to, to get, be successful where you're going. But sometimes we can carry too much baggage. And so before we kind of get to that place into the new, we do got to let go of the old, and so what that, that means is, you can write this in, is stripping off the old you. Stripping off the old you. And, and you know, I think we, if you're older like me compared to guys like this guy here, you collect things, you accumulate things, and sometimes you accumulate clothes. Some of us have clothes that are not just, you know, a couple years old, but we have some decades old clothes. And so I actually have a couple t-shirts I had. I think I have one that's about 10 years old old. And, and so it's, but it's one of my favorite t-shirts. Really. I love wearing it all the time. I mean, I feel like it fits me like a glove. Okay. It's just beautiful. Um, and my, my, my wife and daughter hate to see me in that shirt because what they'll look at is they'll see like, you know, vacation 10 years ago and I'm wearing the shirt and then vacation a couple years ago and I'm wearing the same shirt. I think that that's annoying for them to see that. Like, how can you still wear this shirt? And so one day I was like, oh, I don't want to get rid of the shirt because I can't imagine like seeing someone else if I donated it to Goodwill, someone else to see me see that shirt. And they're like, no one's going to want to wear that shirt. You need to bury it or burn it, get rid of it. Okay. So I know it's brutal, isn't it? It's like, oh, this is, this is personal. And I think it's funny how we, maybe it's old clothes that we hang on to, but it's funny how we, we hang on to things of the past. Some things we hang on to are nostalgic and it's great. And we got it in a drawer and it's wonderful and nothing, nothing's neutral that we, we hang on to. But sometimes we hang on to the past, there are really good things that happen, but the past is the past. And we some kind of, kind of relish in the past to do that. But what's even worse, it's kind of weird is we hang on to the past the old things of the past, they weren't really good. They were filled with pain and with dysfunction. But even in those things, even the, the, the brokenness and the dysfunction, we still hang on to it in a weird, sick way because it's familiar to us. 
And yet God wants to bring, if we want to ascend to the climb and get his perspective, we've got to get rid of the old. We've got to strip it away. In fact, Paul takes it further about if you want to experience new clothing, this new, to dress like the new you, you need to shed the old. But even more than that, you need to take it to the extreme. And that actually says to kill it. Verse 5, he says this, to put to death, to put to death. Theologians would say the emphatic in these, this verb to put to death is really not just intentional, but actually is emphatic. That the actions here an urgency or life is dependent upon it. Now to give you a, just a word picture that's now you're going to like, oh, now I can't like, I'm going to have to not unthink that, you know, think like, oh, do I really want this image? So you can close your ears if you want. I think it's tame enough to, to share you what I'm going to share, but it's a bit graphic. Imagine you're going along and you're taking, you're working in a factory and your hand gets caught in a conveyor belt and it's pulling you slowly to where your hand is going to be and your whole body will be a bloody pancake. I know that's a terrible image to have to think about, but you're going along and you have to take drastic measures. Either you're going to die this way or you're going to reach with the other hand as you're going along and you see an ax in which you're going to have to make a choice to cut your own arm off. What are you going to do, right? It's that moment. What are you going to do? Now that's sick and graphic to think about and get to that place to actually have to do something like that. But that is actually what Paul is saying here. It actually is that drastic. He says, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, that's your, the sinful old self, the old things that need to be burned out, to be killed off, to be lopped off of your life. And what are those things? He makes a very obvious list of these things. Sexual immorality, which includes any sex outside of marriage. Impurity, Lust, lust is sinning sexually with our minds. Evil desires, greed, which is a desire obviously for more in life. And then he calls it all that list, which is idolatry, which is idolatry. It stems from that. Idolatry is anything that you, your passions, your desires, that you're putting above God. And Paul goes on, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. We need to know at some point in history, the wrath of God will come. There'll be a moment where God says enough is enough. And so because of that, he says this, you used to walk in these ways. You used to walk in these, in the life you once lived. He's stressing here a lifestyle that used to be the way you were. That's how you used to dress and that's how you used to act. And it's a reminder to us of this is, and I want you to hear this, it's not that we're going to have to be, walk out of these doors and live a perfect life, because nobody can live a perfect life. There's going to be moments that you're going to have a bad thought. There's a moment so you're going to feel a little bit jealous about what other people have. There's going to be a moment so you're going to fly off the handle. There's going to be those moments, but he's warning us here, don't make it a slippery slope to go back and relapse into your old life. See, just like a person who, who committed a crime and they served the time that they're needed and they get out of prison, one of the greatest things they try to do in rehabilitation is make sure you don't go back to your old life. Don't go back to the, to the gang of people you're, you're affiliated with and you think of literal gangs that have colors and clothes and, and the symbols that go with it. Don't go back that way. There's a new community. There's a new work. There's a new 
I, there's a new identity. There's a new life that you need to live out. And that's the same for us spiritually, is to live out the new life and the redemptive life that God wants to do. I was talking with someone in the parking lot in between the services today, and the way they translated this and what they were going, what they're sharing was that they're actually a tattoo artist. And so they were talking about how people get tagged, they, they tag or get ink with their old life. Maybe it's gang related symbols on their body. And then, so this person, he actually tries to, they want to leave that old life. He takes their their tattoo of whatever and, and transforms it, like puts, makes it look like, you know, something different. And I thought that's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in our life. He wants to bring transformation. What was old, what was tattered, what was bad. He wants to bring transformation, a new life that he has for us. But the challenge for us, and it's a deliberate thing, is this. Don't dress like you were, but who you are, that your identity is in him. Now, Paul goes a little further with this. He says, you know, those are almost kind of obvious lists that we just read. Outwardly things you don't do. And then you think, well, that's what, you know, non-believers do. That's what people that don't know Christ do. They get caught up in that lifestyle. But I'm better than that. Well, Paul goes further, and you can almost think these are under, you know, undergarments, clothes beneath the clothes. There's layers to our life. And these are the, the ones that are really close to our heart and where our mind these, out, these inner clothing garments that we have. He says this now, then now get rid of also in yourselves all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice. If you don't know what malice means, it means the intent to do harm to someone. Slander means to talk bad about someone. And then he goes on. He says, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie, with, lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. You're taking off. That's the old you. That's the old clothes. That's the old life you're living. See, it's just like the old t-shirt. As much as it brings comfort, as much as it's, it's, it's something that you hold on to in life, it's the same way in, our, in the things we do hold on to in life. The pain and the hurt in the past, which is really funny we hang on to those things. Paul's saying, let go of those things. Let go of the past. Don't relish in the past, but don't live in the regrets of the past. Because there's something better, there's something greater that I have for you. And finally, in dressing in your new identity, you can write this in, is put on the new you. Um, one of my favorite things to do is purchasing a new pair of shoes. I, uh, let's say for these shoes, I got these, and I remember opening the By box. By the way, they fit really well. I, I think I, I, they, they can be the new me. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and uh, I'm taking them with me. Um, and so they were, I remember opening this box, and they were flawless. That, like, it was nice and still white. I mean, it's still teared here, but, like, it was super white and super, like, amazing and I just, it was something about it, just the feel of it, to put them on, and the comfort of it, obviously, you, you're experiencing right now. Um, it was awesome. And as, as we are talking about putting on clothes, um, I want to talk about uh, directing us to our spiritual clothes. What are we putting on our spiritual clothes? But first, before we get to that, we have to know about the image of God. And Paul says, and have... And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Okay, what does it look like to be in the image of the creator? Is it new or is it renewed? As obvious as this must be is I look a lot like my father. I don't know if you guys, I mean, 
I hear this all the time from distant relatives that we saw like yesterday, and they're like, wow, you look just like your father. Or, uh, I mean, around the church, I get a lot of, uh, look a lot like Tyler, but I, I get mistaken to be Tyler. I mean, I'm, I'm dressing identical to what Tyler's wearing right now, somehow. I mean, I, I don't know if it's like in between me and you, but I consider him a brother. But, <laughs> but this new self is just, the, the, when we talk about this new self, it's just the renewal of who God originally created us to be, that God designed us to be after his own heart. We're just going back because of sin that separated us. We're just trying to go back to what God has called us to be. Right. And the cool part about this is it's not just for me and him, but this is for all of you guys. This, the idea that the scripture puts it, it says, here there's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And here's, this is awesome. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with. And this is the practical things that Paul lays out for us of different specifics of how to dress in your new identity. And the first one is compassion. That is reaching out in those in crisis and pain and struggling. We all know someone like that, and maybe even it's you, like being able to surround yourself with that community that can be compassionate towards one another. Kindness, it's choosing to be good for people over being mean. Um, humility, thinking of others before ourselves. Gentleness, the consideration of the rights of others. I think another word that would work here is justice and patience. This is self-restraint. This can be holding back and reacting negatively. Um, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bearing, what that means is putting up with uh, and be, being there for those you care about and impact. Hmm. It's always being selfless. I think that all this surrounds the idea of how are you being selfless? And the cool part is uh, everything surrounds, this is the out, kind of the outer layer of what uh, Paul's talking about is in all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. He said, Paul puts this as saying, if we don't have love, it's like, in 1 Corinthians it says, it's like a clanging cymbal, or it's like a banging gong. That it's just noise. We, we just hear noise. If love is not put first. And I think this is how I wrap this idea is, love is the reflection of when we are shaped with a heavenly perspective. I'm going to say this again. Love is the reflection of when we are shaped with a heavenly perspective. That it should be this aroma around you. That when people look at you guys and look at me, look at him, my dad is like, they should see God's love. They, that's just, this is the outer, this is what, they should yeah. smell God's love in your life, in every aspect of your life. And so these virtues that we put on, uh, and in our, we talk about the spiritual closet in our lives that we choose to put on each day, they should reflect the image of Jesus. That this, all these new clothes, we t take off the old, put on the new, put these new clothes of reflecting what Jesus would look like. And as we do this day after day, year after year, we, we might not see the difference in ourselves, but the cool part is others do. I do. I see in our lives as in this church, um, it's just been a privilege to be a part of. And I'm, I'm going to wrap up here and say, my family and I came to North Bay now 10 years. Mm. I was eight. My sister was four. And what I've seen in this church do is unbelievable. What God has just flowed through of just the love and the selflessness, and not only to our family, but for me personally, I got to see firsthand of the work of helping in the community, the serving in this church. Um, 
And I also see firsthand just the struggles of leadership in the personal relationships that were had. But the cool part is this church still endured the seasons. We still endured. We still climbed. We still knew that the heavenly perspective was still up there. We still were striving for the top. But all this to say, I am so beyond thankful for every one of you guys that invested in my life and just the work that God's been doing to help me be a part of building his kingdom. And the cool part is, I mean, yes, we can remember the past. We just can't remain in the past. That the good work was done. That the work of helping the community, that was great work, the great memories. But if we always remember that, uh, remain in that, how is we continue to build God's kingdom further? And so um, I think as a church, we're at this point where there is new seasons ahead. There's a new season ahead. There's a new vision to press forward. That there's opportunities for you personally to decide if you want to take this step into this new self and this new risk of being a part of what you, but uh, a part of what God is calling you to become and be a part of. Right now, there's a transition in this church. If it's a graduate, I know for my life, there's a graduate of figuring out what to do next. If you recently retired, it's like God. I have this time. I want to pour whatever I have left. For you, um, if it's stepping, taking, I know a lot of you guys are taking that step to CTK Blaine. It's like this is a new chapter. This is a new step I have to take to help serve this community in Blaine into a whole nother level. God's calling you to make changes. If it's CTK North Bay, of like I'm seeing such a blessing of all your guys' services of helping specifically in kids. I've surrounded my life with kids. I love kids. If you want to know where the heart of Jesus is, it's in the kids downstairs right now. Like, take that step. It's amazing. And for me personally, I'm actually taking that step uh, tomorrow. Actually, I am leaving to Bremerton, Washington, in Silverdale, Washington, to be a part of what God is calling me to do and taking that next step for my life, and I get to be a part of another Jesus-sending movement of being able to be selfless and build his kingdom in that area. So I want to wrap up asking this. Are you willing to take off the old you to experience the new you? All the baggage, all the old clothes, all the old memories. What's, is, is that stuff holding you back to experience the new self into a new season and a new mission? So as we go into prayer, I challenge you to let go of your old you. It doesn't fit you any longer. Hmm. Dress like who you are, not what you were, because the new you is waiting. Are you going to take it? Man, it's awesome. It's great. Thank you. So Paul, as we, I'm going to invite our team to come as they come and we close here today. Paul says, since you've been raised with Christ, since you've been raised with Christ, set your sights on heaven. Sets on, get that new perspective. Take off the old. That's, that's the old, that's, that's your old life. Put on the new you, the new work. There's a process we do. And I think it's so powerful to know this, that it's in our power. It's in our power. He gives us and tells us to do those things. And if God says to do those things, don't you think he's going to give us the strength to do it? If he tells us we're to do this and commands us, encourages us to do it, he wants to do that. He wants us to reach out to him and get the help that we need to do that. But it's a deliberate step that we all take to set our sights on him, to, take, to get rid of the old. Whatever is holding you back, whatever is, is in the way, 
It could be the past that was good. It could be the past that was bad. This is a new day, a new work. That was a good word for us as a church. And, and walking in, walking in as an individual of what the next he, he has for us. And when we shed the old, there's this capacity of the new that he wants to do, no matter our age, no matter our stage of life that we're here, that, that we can walk in and live in. Will you pray with me? Hmm. Jesus, thank you for today. Lord, I'm just so, so encouraged. I'm so encouraged by what you have done, Lord. We sang that earlier. Lord, you did, you did a work. You are faithful. But Lord, you want to do it again. Your faithfulness has not run out. Great is your faithfulness. All these words that we sang and proclaimed, but Lord, they're now deeper and deeper in our hearts today. Lord, thank you for your word that reminds us that we're, since we've been raised with Christ, since we, since we are new creations in you, since we have been saved and been shaped now into this new, brand new image in you, but we don't have to go backwards. We don't have to go back to the past, the past pain, the past hurt, the past regret that's there, the shame. Lord, we can be transformed in you. We can be changed because of Jesus, his resurrection, that we could live this resurrected life. But we got to shed the past. And Lord, we've been hearing it over and over, Lord. That what is it? What is it that's in the way? What's clogging our spiritual closet? What needs to be, we need to get rid of today? God, for some here today, it's, it's some pain. It's some brokenness. It's some shame, regret of the past, of the choices that we made yesterday or 10 years ago we're hanging on to. Lord, for some of us, it's the pain that people cause us. Bitterness and hurt. Fractured relationships that, Lord, it will take a miracle, Lord, to repair. But God, you are the God of miracles. You are faithful that you do that. But Lord, you give us a deliberate choice to put to death, to get rid of that pain and the hurt and regret, shame and sin, Lord, which it is, that we confess that to you, Lord, that you're faithful to forgive us of our sin. And Lord, now we can have and walk in the capacity of the new, Lord, that you have for us. That God, we rid ourselves of the past, but now we can, do, we can go shopping. We got capacity in our spiritual closet that we can grab onto compassion, we can grab on to humility. We can grab on to kindness and, and, and this wonderful outer layer of love, Lord, that you want us to put on in our lives. Deliberately do that, not just today, but Lord, tomorrow and the next day, each day of our life, as we shed the old and put the new. Because the old's not us anymore. The new you, the new us is in you, clothed with you, Jesus, in our new identity, God. May we walk that out day in to day out that people will see that in our lives. They'll see that love that we have, that it just compels others to be drawn to you because of it, Lord, we pray. That you would get the praise and glory, not of the work that we've done, the praise by man, but what you've done and accomplished. They would, they would reach out and praise you in heaven because of it. We ask for this, Lord, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.